Hey everybody, this is Think Global, where the world is our home, strangers become friends and friends become family. It's good to be back with you guys again. This is the April edition of uh, Think Global. Uh, thanks for tuning in and listening. And John, we're back, man. I'm really happy to be back. It's another month, another podcast. Right. We always have fun together. And we're not in our podcast studio. We're, we're actually in our big studio here. Yeah. It's a new new location for us today, so we'll just mix things up. Yeah. That way you can uh, actually look at us on uh, YouTube. Sure. If you're listening, we're always on YouTube if you'd rather watch us. But hey, I think I have a voice or a face for radio, as they say. Yes, you so do, I'd man. I'd rather be here. Yeah. I don't, but, know, don't even want to look in your direction. So if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, this, that's probably the better place anyway. But, yeah. All right. Hey, <laughs> what, uh, you know, the last three... Uh, podcast we had was a series. Uh, yeah. Let's go back and do a quick review of what we did and where we went. Yeah, I think it was a really cool series to talk about things we may not know about some other places around the world. So kind of yeah. this behind the scenes, things about different locations. And so we looked at uh, Morocco. Yes. And in Morocco, we talked about, what did we talk about? Mint tea. That was cool. Like, you know, actually we looked at the history of Morocco, a lot about the country itself, because, you know, it's a, it's a country that we're like, we know how to say Morocco, but that's all we know about Morocco, unless right. it's Marrakesh, right? Right. But so much about Morocco that's rich in history yeah. and so many things. And mint tea just happens to be one of their little symbols of hospitality. Yeah. And then somewhat next door to Morocco, we talked about Tunisia yeah. and their dates and olives, which was really cool. Right. Right. So that was a fun episode. Go back and listen to that one. And then um, also did Laos. I was going to say specialty coffee from yes, Laos. Laos. Yeah. And by the way, there's always a uh, little link. Like if they want to get some coffee from Laos, which yeah. would be awesome because yeah. our friends there would love that. Um, they can go get that information and find out some recipes for mint tea, mm-hmm. where to buy some coffee, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I thought that was really fun. So yeah. go back and listen to those episodes. Uh, that was good. But, but today we're starting a new series. Yes. And uh, you want me to introduce it? I'm going to yeah, talk a little bit introduce about it. Introduce it, because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so in this series, uh, we're going to have fun because we're actually going to invite guests for this series. So it's yeah. not just Tim and I right. rambling, but we're going to have guests to help uh, bring up the intellectual level of this podcast. That's right, man. <laughs> uh, we are paying them nothing, but thankfully they're showing up for this. So they're going to, it's going to be great. Yeah. I, I think I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so as we were discussing what we, what we wanted to do, this t- this idea of... Uh, community and friendships is kind of this global, innate human need. No matter where you are in the world, we're made for community. We're made for friendships. And so we started to think, well, let's ask people what it looks like to live in community in different parts of the world. What does community look like in these cool parts of the world? And even fits with the theme of the podcast, where strangers become friends and friends become family. What does it look like to actually build these friendships? And we know how it can look in America. We actually were talking about this this morning. Like we do this in America. So like, let's give some examples to kind of set the stage. What what does community in America look like? And you know, what we were talking about this morning was this, that, uh, you know, often we... Uh, we're involved in community and we have, we don't even think in that terms, right? Because, right. uh, you know, often we just go do things and that's it and we go home, but we don't really appreciate the community that we've been given or that we've been blessed with. And so, you know, community happens when we, uh, we're engaged with our children's sport activities. Right. You know, like there's a community of parents and there's mm-hmm. a community of kids that are involved. And, and I remember that, uh, with our boys growing up it was just like, it was a blast to go to games and you're, you're together. You've got a, a reason to celebrate, a reason to cheer. And, and, and that creates community, right? So a lot of our friendships were built around that very context. You've got church. 
Uh, church becomes a place for community where we meet friends, where we get to know people, and we go out for lunch, we go out to dinners together. So that's community. Community even with our neighbors, right? Uh, we have neighbors that um, we hang out with, we talk to them in the in the streets during the summer times, and we shovel snow together during the winter times, and there is another sense of community. So yeah. community is real, it exists, and uh, and often we just take it for granted, right. or we don't even invest in that like yeah. we should. And there's subcultures of community, right? So there's places where you can go if you like board games and you play yeah. board games with people, or you can go. You know, there's always different uh, coffee cultures or, or different types yeah. of things that people do together. They find little right. sub niches of things that they right. enjoy doing. So, yeah. anyway, that's a little bit of America. But all right, we have a fun guest today. Yes, that we're really excited about our friend. Yeah. Uh, Brooke is joining us today. Yeah. So there she Brooke. is. Hey, Brooke, where do you hail from at this very moment? Like, where are uh, you? Yeah. So right now we're in Vancouver, Washington. Uh-huh. So yeah, so it's beautiful. It's awesome. gorgeous up here. Yeah. That's a nice place to be. That is a beautiful place I to be. I there can be some great community there. And it's going to warm up soon, yeah. I'm sure. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Introduce her to us there. Yeah. John. So Brooke has, uh, the reason she's here, because we're going to talk about community in the country of China. Yeah. And Brooke and her family have lived in China uh, for more than the last... 15 years. And right. so um, I, I know that seems like a long time. Brooke's like, wow, 15 when yeah. you say it out loud. But uh, anyway, so I think she can be our today's resident expert on what community right. looks like in China. And and to clarify, we don't mean the expat community in right. China, which right. I know Brooke has a lot of foreign friends and whatnot, but we, we actually want to get her take on what it looks like of Chinese community right. and and even how she's invited into that as a foreigner. Right. So she's going to be the eyes for us in a sense. That's, right. that's what I, I like about this is that through her eyes, what she sees on a daily basis, that's what we want to experience and right. feel. So Brooke, introduce yourself. Where have you lived in China? Where do you currently call home in China? And uh, anything else you want to say about you or family or whatever? Okay. So my husband and I, um, we went to China in 2005. Uh, we actually heard about our organization on the radio and we just called in and said, we'd love to go to China and teach. And so we, we got on the plane, we arrived in China in 2005 and, um, we were just supposed to stay for a couple of years. Like we were like, what's, you know, what's, what's happening. And, um, within probably within months, we knew we were, this was part of our, part of who we were. Um, and so most of our time has been in Beijing. We landed in 2005 in Beijing. We studied language for two years and then went right back to Beijing. So Beijing is like, I consider it my home. Like people say, where are you from? And I'm always like, I'm from Beijing, China. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. I mean, you identify with China. That's your home. I love that. I do. That. I right. do. And your children all speak Chinese fluently. Yes. And, so yeah. our oldest daughter, almost 15, she uh, was born in China and born in Beijing. So she's the true Beijing girl. Yeah. yeah. And um, so they... Um, So we decided whenever we had the girls that we wanted them to be bilingual and we wanted to be a part of that community and we wanted them to be a part of the community there. So we put them in public school full time. They from preschool all the way until um, until we just left two years ago. um, 
they were in public school. They had all Chinese classmates, Chinese teachers. They're, they had an English class, but it was usually done by somebody that was like from, you know, the Philippines or something mm-hmm. like that. So um, it was it was a great, it was talking about community. That was an amazing way to build it. Yeah, okay. that's awesome. So go for it. Tuck that in the back of your head because I want to come back and ask what community looks like for your kids yeah. in their Chinese community. So I'll, I'll give you a few minutes to think about that because we had not talked about that before. But let's start with kind of a broad brushstroke and understanding this is a broad brushstroke. But hmm. what does community look like um, in China among Chinese people? Just broadly, what is, paint us a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it looks very similar to America as far as in how you make relationships as far as like organically, you know, um, like we live on a college campus. So naturally the people that are on our college campus become our community, uh, whether it's the students we teach, the teachers, the colleagues that we have. Um, but even um, because we live on a campus, we have a fruit and vegetable market there. We have a meat lady that we go buy meat from. Um, even, I don't know if you, if you know my husband, he is the lover of all people. Mm, mm. And so the the guy that does the sweeps the trash, Scott knows his name, the guards at the gate, we know their names. Uh, we try to, you know, send them a little Christmas something or a cookie or something. Um, so we build community kind of in the same way, in a very organic kind of way. Um, but I feel like as an expat in China, our community is very intentional. We try to be very intentional with that community. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Actually, that was the word I was thinking about as I was listening to you, Brooke, was intentionality. Like, that's one thing I think we miss sometimes here because we're so busy. We drive into our garage, the garage door shuts, we go inside and that's it. And and we miss that intentionality Mm -hmm. with a neighbor or a friend or a new neighbor that moves in and a gesture that we could do just like she was just talking about. So intentionality, that's a big deal. Right. And as you were talking, I was thinking that same thing too. Like I shop at the same grocery store every weekend, but I don't know the produce guy or or gal. And I I don't even know the person who bags the groceries or checks me out at the line. And I might recognize similar faces because they work there, you know, weekend after weekend, but I don't know their names, right. you know, and so you guys have that intentionality to learn them and mm-hmm. and know them and and take them something for a holiday or whatever. Like, I mean, I think that's a really cool gift as we have living overseas right. in places like that, that you can build that, that you can be that intentional with right. the community. Yeah. So yeah. that's really cool. So what are some things as you look around at the, at the community in China, what are some things that you've learned to appreciate over the years of how they do it that's maybe different than how we do it? I think one of the biggest things about China is its hospitality. Mm. When someone invites you to their home, it's not just a simple meal and it's like an hour. No, it is an extravagant meal that that you eat for hours upon hours. And I think that's something that I have learned from Chinese people is hospitality. Mm. When you invite someone into your home, make them almost uncomfortable with how giving and how, um, you know, willing you are to accept them. And so, yeah, so that's something I've really learned. And I think that's something that's very unique about China is the hospitality portion of who they are. And that's even like, even if you, I used to do, (laughs) I used to do this dance, like in the evenings, 
um, in China, the, the outdoor community is like, everyone's outside. Nobody's mm-hmm. staying in their homes. Everybody's outdoors. So I used to do this dance thing where I would like, I learned these like ballroom dances. <laughs> and even in that, like the, the teacher that was there, he was like 80 years old. And the teacher that was there, he welcomed me and he had everybody else welcome me. And it was just a fun part of the community that I was able to be a part. And even though it wasn't in someone's home, the hospitality that was given to me um, was amazing. Wow. You know, and that, the, the, okay, so intentionality, but I also just, it hits me that like, you know, you just suffocate people with niceness. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, what's wrong with being nice and thinking about what? What do I do to just be nice to someone yeah. uh, in an extravagant way? It doesn't have to be a selfish way, but just to be nice to people. Yeah. What, what, what difference that would make in our communities and our right. neighborhoods. Right. So, it's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. I think, you know, one of those, you talked about the dancing outside. We should probably maybe elaborate on what that means, because that's one of the first things people notice when they go to China for the first time, is that about six or seven o'clock at night or whatever time it is, all of a sudden there's groups of people dancing in the square, whatever that square is. Maybe it's on your campus or it's in a local place around town or whatever. But this happens all over cities as they just get together and they dance. Yeah. Why do they do that? I think because, um, again, their community is outdoors. They Mm -hmm. don't have, you know, if, if you could compare a Chinese home to an American home, I mean, there's no comparison. We, in China, we live in very small quarters. Mm-hmm. So there's not there's not as much space. And right. so you couldn't invite a bunch of people to your home. And so everyone lives outside. If you in the mornings also there's dancing, there's um Exercise. out in the court, right, out in the courtyard in front of my house. I always call it it's like a nursing home. There's just people, <laughs> they just get wheeled out there and they just sit and everyone just sits together. Some people play cards, some people just talk. Mm-hmm. And so the community is outdoors and yeah. they're and and if you were to go up and talk to them, people are so excited to talk to you. So right. and you know, just for people just to know in their mind like what this looks like. I mean, in a city like Beijing, where you've got over 20 million people living there, and like when you think of a home, they don't live in a home, a single dwelling family home. They right. live in apartment buildings. Yeah. And these apartment buildings are stacked next to each other. One one next to another, to next to another. And there's 3,000 people who live in one apartment building. Yeah. And so they need to get outdoors. So their yeah. whole, their orientation is to leave their apartment and go outside. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, when you went to dance in the square, you were kind of welcomed yeah. in by him, yeah. that, that teacher introducing you uh-huh. to the group and all. What are some other ways that you have felt welcomed into the community in China? Um, I know you said to wait on the girls going to school, but I think that's our biggest... No, we can like, go there. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> into our... So when we started school and we started doing public school with the girls, it was a very intimidating because I had my own ideas of what public education was and it is nothing like that. Mm. Um, And so when we got into the school and now something that's very different is that a child joins a class. So like we started first, they start formal school at first grade. We started that first grade class. Well, Sydney started that first grade class and she was in that same class with that same that same group of students all the way until she finished at sixth grade. Oh, wow. 
And so again, there's that community there. She knows every kid's names. I know all their parents. I know all the kids' names. Um, And so here we have this community now. And so when someone has a birthday, what do they do? They invite us to the birthday party. Mm -hmm. We have a birthday or we celebrate what we used to do is celebrate Halloween. And we would invite all like probably like 10 or 12 kids from Sydney's class and they would come to our home. And then we would invite the, cause we live in a dormitory with a bunch of uh, graduate students mm-hmm. and we invited them. We're saying, Hey, would you help us do trick or treating? And so we would say, if you want to volunteer. And so we'd have 20 um, dorms, they would volunteer. And so we'd get Sydney's classmates to come and then they would knock on all the doors and mm. they would say trick or treat and they would dress up. <laughs> oh, and cool. then the college students would then give the candy and they, you know, it, it was yeah. just such a wonderful, fun experience that we could have with Chinese and kind of be a little bit of us too. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Think about the the school. Like imagine in America, if you went from grade to grade with the exact same Let's say 20 people. It can be whatever, 15 or 30, whatever, but 20 people, 40. 40 people. You go from grade to grade with those exact same people. Because I remember, you know, grade school, it's like, oh, my friend so-and-so, he's in my class this year or this semester or this whatever. Like, it was a surprise to have right. your friend in your class. Right. But right. you have the exact same people going with you. Those relationships are only going to go deeper right. year after year. And then, and then, Brooke, you guys, knowing their families, you just go deeper and deeper in those friendships as well. That's a really cool system. I mean, I'm sure, uh, everything has pros and cons, but the pros of that are pretty amazing because you get to have yeah. those deep friendships. When when you're talking about community, I mean, that's a way that China does community so well is that when you're classmates with someone, they're they're your people and you take care of them and you you know, so it's just really it's yeah. really a fascinating way to do it. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. So I know you guys are, are working to get back to China. That's obviously yes. your home, as you mentioned, and, and you guys yes. left because of the pandemic and everybody knows some things about that. But um, <laughs> what are some things as you think about China, what are you looking forward to getting back to as it relates to community? What are some of those mm. things that you are you long to be back to that you miss? That you miss. Yeah. Yeah. I would say for me, I miss... Um, like, like I said, like, those are your people. I miss being a part of a group where these are my people. I know that they care for me in such ways that I don't even have to ask them for something. They see a need in my life and they immediately need it. Mm. And these are not believers. These are just mm. people who love mm. and they love well. And so I miss being a part of a community that sees me and sees me wholly and completely. And I don't have to ask for something, they look for that. I also miss being a part of community where I have people that I care for. If I see that they have a need, I try to say, oh, let's let's solve that or let's do something with that. Um, I also miss the part of community where, you know, um, Scott, so Chinese are not plan ahead. They don't plan ahead very well. And so we would set parts of our calendar where we would say, okay, this weekend, we're not going to make any plans because we know that someone will call us and we want to be available to them. Mm. Wow. Smart. And we don't know who's going to call. Like sometimes everybody will call on that weekend, but we will say, because when you're in a foreign community, everyone plans ahead, like a month ahead, you got all your weekends full. And so we would say, okay, this weekend is for Chinese friends, but we can't ask them to plan it a month ahead. They can't do that. And so we would say this weekend is for Chinese friends. And, and we know that when we go out with them, it's all day. Yeah. It's not just 
an hour. It's not just a, a minor meal, but it is an all day adventure. And when you spend all day with somebody, you're close, right? Like you get to see a lot more than just, oh, here's our special meal. Here's an hour. You can, you know, but you get to see everything. And so I think just that closeness that I feel with my Chinese friends and that community of people that know me that I know really well. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like we're, we're just looking to a ways to bless each other, to love each other better. And you would never directly say, oh, I love you, or you're my friend, or you're special to me. You would never say that. You only show it through your actions. Wow. And um, yeah, cool. I, I kind of like that. You know, and I love the spontaneity of that, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes our our lives are so orchestrated, mm-hmm. we we lose out on that which is spontaneous, which really brings depth and life uh, and meaning. I mean, so much of life is spontaneous. And uh, right. I love how you even build a calendar around spontaneity. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah, because I think that's a key difference between community in China and community mm-hmm. here is is that spontane- spontaneity aspect of it. And because I remember that when I moved back from China several years ago, that was a hard thing to adjust to was I tried to get together with a friend and it was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm free three weeks from now. We can have a one hour mm-hmm. coffee, right? Yeah, right? But what you're talking about is they call you the day of and you go spend eight hours together. Right. Like that's such a unique piece of community. I know that happens in a lot of cultures around the world, but it definitely happens in China and we've all experienced that. And But then when you come back from it, you try to readjust to the American, I've got my life planned for the next year. I mean, we even plan, you know, just to see the same group of our closest friends. It's like, well... How about in three weeks we go get dinner? Like yeah. it's so hard because that's how we just plan our lives away right. in a sense. But right. I love that. And that yeah. that's kind of the stuff I wanted to get to in this podcast. Or like, what are some of those differences between community? That's a big one. And we need more of that, I think, uh, in our I lives agree. here. I agree. We need that here. Because again, that's that's the richness of life. Hey, yeah. Brooke, before we let you go, um, and we'll, just, we'll wrap up with you on here, but um, I've got a question for you. And that is this, like... Um, you know, there are people out here listening to you and we're listening to you. And the, maybe the question is, you know, like, what what kind of advice would you, in the context of community and based on what you've seen here the last two years, because you've been confined here because of, you mm-hmm. know, the pandemic, you can't go back to China quite yet. Um, but, you know, like advice, just simple advice that says, you know, um, being people who live here, we've set up our homes here, et cetera, like, my advice to you would be, what would it be like, you know, what kind of advice would you give us? I think the thing that's coming to my mind is just time. Find the people in your life that you value, that you cherish, that you want to build into and spend time with them. Not just, oh, we're going to have a coffee for a little bit, but rather, hey, let's do like a whole day together. Like we don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to spend that entire day together. And and I think what happens, I think in America is that we become so busy. We don't even have a day to give to the people that we cherish the most. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, I think that's, that's yeah. the key that I would give is spend time, quality time. And a lot of times quality time is quantity of time. Right. You know, like, yes, I can get together with a friend and her and I could have a great conversation for an hour, but if she's not a part of my life day in and day out, sometimes we're not connected in a way that we should. Mm-hmm. So there's a connection with quantity of time that I think we're just missing sometimes. Yeah. That's Gosh. good advice. We, we live in a busy culture. Can you imagine? Tim, 
I look forward to spending all day Saturday with you. <laughs> that's that's going to kill me. Anyway, let's do it, man. We'll do it. No, but I mean, can you imagine giving... I mean, uh, that's so counter yeah. the American Cultural. busy yeah. culture. It's crazy. But yeah. you're, Brooke, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. It's just... That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, Brooke, thank you so much for being with us. I mean, it's awesome to have you here. You are a dear friend of ours, yes. and we we do appreciate you so much. And um, and John, I don't know uh, anything else you want to wrap up with before we're finished. No, you know what I like to ask guests on podcasts because I've learned this is a good thing to ask. Okay, Brooke, is there anything that you were hoping to share with us that you didn't get to share? Oh, I like that. And I wish there was. It's okay. <laughs> I just opened the door in case, you know, you were like, oh, I was really hoping to tell this one thing. I just like I to open the door. If there's not, it's great. Oh, that's perfect. I wish there was. Okay, I'm sorry. Perfect. You know what? Uh, what I would say is if people aren't looking at this podcast, they need to because her smile is winsome and you need to see that. So yes. anyway. Oh, All right, man. This is the April podcast of Think Global. And we'll be back again in May. Hard to believe we're talking about May already, but uh, we'll be back in May again with another podcast from Community in another country yep. uh, around the guest. world and another guest yes. from around the world. Uh, are we going to maybe go to the Middle East or something like that? Because they also have a very unique culture. We're going to try. We're going to try to go to the Middle East after this. All right. So anyway, this uh, today our special guest was Brooke, and uh, thank you for being with us. This is Think Global, where... The world is our home, and strangers become friends, and friends become family. Thanks for being with us. John, until next time, we're going to sign out. See you later. 